Welcome to Ulcerative Colitis, Autoimmune Healing Journey. I am your journey guide, Jay India, and I am so happy you are here with me today because that means that we found each other and we can heal together. So welcome if you have an IBD, inflammatory bowel disease, such as ulcerative colitis or Crohn's. Welcome if you have an autoimmune disorder or just welcome if you are a caregiver or a parent for someone who has any of these ailments because we are tackling healing together. This is episode 15, Biologic Agents for Ulcerative Colitis, How to Choose a Gastroenterologist. I decided to do two topics in one episode because I felt that just talking about the biologic agents was just too small of an episode because I don't really have experience in them. So (laughs) I don't want to be like, okay, let me talk about something for five minutes. I want to give you a lot of information and then we're going to hand off the experience of taking the biologic agents with guests I will have on the podcast later. In fact, I recorded with one who is going to be on next week, Jillian, and she talks about her experience with the biologic agents. And it's so good to hear because you got to hear from real people what they are like. A couple things before we start. I have had several of you sign up for my newsletter, which I'm so excited about. Yay. So I think that I'm coming out with this newsletter more like October because in August, I think I want to go to the beach more (laughs) and I choose play over work. So there you go. Uh, And I'm still deciding the format. I may again want to do video. I haven't decided. Please reach out to me and let me know what you want. I want to hear what you want and I want to honor what you would like more of in your healing journey. So please DM me at two inches off the ground on Instagram. You can email me at freespiritpodcasts at gmail.com. I have heard from some of you and you're all amazing. I mean, some of you guys I've heard from, you've been living with this disease for way longer than I have, or I shouldn't say that. I've been living with it for a long time as well, but I didn't know it until last year. I didn't have my diagnosis. I'm very impressed with the knowledge that all of you have and how empowered you are and that you're not giving up and you keep finding ways to heal. It's been extremely cathartic for me to hear your stories and I'm inspired by you. So please reach out. I love hearing from you. I love the advice (laughs) I receive. Um, I was uh, told by a listener to get my ferritin level, and I asked my gastroenterologist today, I emailed his assistant to see if I could get that level in my next round of blood work, because I actually don't have the ferritin, I have um, the red blood cell count instead. Just these little tips are incredible, and they help all of us. So thank you so much for reaching out. If you have not rated and reviewed this podcast, please do so, especially on Apple Podcasts, because it helps us find each other. It helps us build a community of autoimmune survivors, warriors, uh, healers. So please do that in five stars only. I don't ask for money. I just ask for some digital currency or digital love. So if you can, please rate and review with five stars. Thank you. Let's move on to the episode. 
Okay, let's talk about the biologic agents. And I'm going to read from a reputable source because I don't want to mess this up and give my own definitions because <laughs> it's not the good thing to do, right? We want to be responsible. Oh, why did I forget to say this? Please remember, I am not a doctor. I am not a health professional in any way. If you would like to attempt anything in this episode, please contact your physician or health professional or gastroenterologist. Okay, so I am reading the definition of biologic agents from Everyday Health. I got a lot of information here from this article from Everyday Health because I felt it was simple enough to understand and it wasn't too long because I don't want to go on and on and on about this. Biologic agents are also called biologics and they are a class of drugs. They're a newer class of drugs. Biologics are derived from natural sources such as human or animal genes or microorganisms and are designed to act on the immune system, specifically the parts that play key roles in fueling inflammation. And they are especially good for Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. They have proved to be very effective in this treatment for certain patients. The fact that biologics target the activity of the patient's own immune system is what sets them apart from some other medications for ulcerative colitis. And this is all said by a gastroenterologist from New York Presbyterian Hospital in the city. The biologics that have been approved for Crohn's and ulcerative colitis involve antibodies that are developed in the lab to target proteins related to inflammation. The biologics that are now approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, or the FDA, for treating ulcerative colitis include Humira, Symponi, Remicade, and Tivio Stellara. And I just want to say those are the brand names. They are not the pharmaceutical names. The pharmaceutical names are really hard to pronounce, so I'm going to let you <laughs> look that up yourself. Many biologics, including Humira, Symponi, and Remicade, work by targeting a protein called tumor necrosis factor alpha, TNF-alpha, which contributes to inflammation. Another way that biologics target inflammation is by addressing the problem of too many white blood cells in the GI tract. Intivio works this way. It blocks these inflammatory cells from getting to the site of the inflammation. Okay, and then they talk about Stellara. Apparently, Stellara is the new biologic on the block. While the drug has been on the market since 2009 for the treatment of Crohn's disease, psoriatic arthritis, and psoriasis, it was only approved in 2019 for the treatment of ulcerative colitis. And it is used for adults with moderate to severe active ulcerative colitis, and that's what I have. Stellara works by blocking interleukin-12 and interleukin-23 immune proteins known to be involved in immune responses in inflammatory bowel disease and other immune-mediated conditions. So the biologics have good and bad points, right? For a lot of people, they help reduce that inflammation in the intestine, in the guts. That's wonderful. Or with some of them, it's actually a whole body inflammation decrease, which is amazing. That's great. But with a lot of people, you'll hear about side effects. And if you listen to these commercials, which we're famous for here in the U.S., about, you know, 
oh, this cures ulcerative colitis, but you are going to turn blind in one eye and lose five toes and there's going to be snakes coming out your vagina or whatever. (laughs) That's the problem, right? Because a lot of people have the side effects. But for some people, and according to my gastroenterologist, these biologic agents work very well. Now, here's my small non-experience experience with the biologic agents. So after I received the colonoscopy last year and it came back terrible, I mean, he, the gastroenterologist couldn't even complete the colonoscopy because I was so inflamed. He recommended the biologic agents. And he said that to me in passing after the colonoscopy. And I said to myself, okay, whatever that means. And then the next office appointment I had with him, he explained what they were to me, said the same exact thing pretty much, and what he recommended was Remicade or Antivio. He said a lot of the patients that he works with have good results from both, but especially from Antivio. Antivio is newer. A lot of people are moving from Remicade to Antivio. You'll hear because the side effects are a little less. Remicade also costs a lot less money. Antivio is a fortune. I want to say that it was going to cost me if I decided to do it, I think it was something like $2,000 in infusion. The first infusion I would have gotten at week zero, second infusion, I think two weeks later, third infusion, a month later, fourth infusion, six weeks later. It was something like that, but I added it up and it was insane amount of money. Absolutely insane. We're dropping easily like $10,000 in a couple months. There is a financial assistance program that the pharmaceutical company that makes Antivio, I think it's Takeda, they have the application online. If anyone wants it or needs it, let me know because I can just tell you, but all you have to do is type in Antivio financial assistance application, and it should come up. I did not qualify for the assistance because my husband and I make too much money. So I would have had to be putting out, I believe for the first year, around 20,000 US dollars. To me, I understand that that's your health. And if I really felt I needed to do it, I would have somehow figured it out. But to me, that is an absolutely outrageous price. And it's a shame the insurance companies don't cover it. When I had this discussion with my gastroenterologist, I was very indignant. I didn't want to hear it. I was very polite, but I was also fighting against pretty much everything he said. And I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And of course, what these people like to do is they like to put the fear factor in you. That's You know, any doctor you go to, they love doing that. So he's like, I just want you to know you're going to get colon cancer possibly and this is going to happen and blah, blah, blah. And I just said, I don't feel good about this. And he said, okay, well, go home and think about it. So I just had this whole fear factor in me. And I actually called my friend from the car in the parking lot outside the doctor's office. I was so upset. And I went home, talked to my husband. Then I did the right thing and I researched And I realized that for me, the biologic agents did not seem like a good fit because I get every single side effect. When I was on prednisone for 30 days, I got every single 
side effect, except I don't think, I think dizziness was a part of it. No, I did get the dizziness. It was something I didn't get. I can't remember right now, but I also didn't get that feeling of you want to eat dirt or ice. I didn't get that on the prednisone, which some people do, but I said no. And I truly feel with all due respect to the biologic agents that they are just helping the symptoms. They're not helping the cause. But I do understand that people need them. And this has helped so many people. And that down the line, I may need them. I may change my mind. So I don't discount everything. If you heard my first three episodes about my flair and how I completely discounted Western medicine and it ended up biting me in the ass and I was in bed for weeks. I was housebound for months. I lost all of my summer last year and half of my fall. And this year, you know, we're in, what day is this? I think it's July 27th. And so far I'm doing well. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I had, what the heck did I have? We order sometimes these meals from this, how do I explain it? It's like a little farmer's market near us. And usually these meals are safe for me, but I decided to eat grape leaves and I looked at the ingredients of the grape leaves and made sure it was made with olive oil, the whole thing. I think it was the actual leaves, right, that are raw, that are these green leaves that effed me up because I've been going through a small flare for a couple days and, you know, I'm just, I'm learning, I'm navigating all of this. The reason I'm saying that is because everything to me is something to be learned and nothing should be discounted because I did that and I was in a life-threatening position and I put myself in that position. And then to get out of that position, as you guys know, I took the dicyclamine for 10 days, two weeks, which is the anti-colon spasm medication that I've said many times before, I didn't even know existed. And that's what got me moving and got me up. And then I took the prednisone for 30 days and I, it was hell. I lost 40% of my hair. I've had every side effect, but I'm alive because of it. So I do not discount the Western medicine. I want everyone to understand that. I do not think that big pharma is the enemy. I really don't. I used to, but now I'm like, we need to work together somehow because they have the money and they have the power So somehow we all need to work together. I don't know how, I don't have the answer, but anyway, that was a long tangent. (laughs) So my gastroenterologist put the fear of God into me. I called the nurse next day. I asked her to order Antivio. What happens is they put in an order for you and then they have to deliver it and it takes a couple weeks and it has to be sent to the infusion center or to the doctor's office, wherever you're going to get the infusion. And here's what I did, which I wouldn't recommend. Then probably hours later, I had a change of heart because I really researched at that point and said, no, this is not right for me. But I didn't call the assistant back who I have a really good relationship with. I like her so much. She's phenomenal at her job. And I just kind of didn't say anything. I chickened out because I didn't want to be like, hey, you just ordered the Intivio, but now I don't want it. So (laughs) I just let that one slide, which I do not recommend. And a couple weeks later, she's like, hey, Jen, um, can you tell me, are you going to do the Intivio? Because 
uh, we have to release it from the lab or whatever it was. And I finally wrote her back and I said, I'm sorry, I had a change of heart. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, that is my experience with the biologic agents, which are not very experienced. Like, <laughs> I've, I've pretty much have none. I've, I haven't even seen one. So I just want people to understand that if you choose to go down the route of the biologic agents or the biologics, please, please do your research. That's what you need to do. And don't look at just big pharmaceutical. Again, I'm not anti-big pharmaceutical. I've taken two pharmaceuticals. But look at everything. Ask people if you can get in touch with anyone who has taken the biologic agents, what their reaction was. Do they have no side effects? Do they have just one really bad side effect? Do they have, you know, it just works great for them or it's a complete nightmare and they absolutely can't take them. You also have to really research that you're having something foreign and man-made in a lab in your body. Will it cause other problems such as cancer, which I'm not saying it will, but you can look and research yourself and see what you think about it. Just really weigh the pros and the cons and make a decision that's best for you. And when we talk to Jillian next week, you're going to hear her story with the biologic agents, especially with Antivio, she's very honest. She tells us her medication journey and it includes biologic agents and what has been successful and what has not. So that is another reason to tune into this podcast next week. That will be dropping on Thursday, August 4th, 2022. And then besides Jillian, I have another guest coming on Actually, I asked just one more person today, so hopefully two more guests coming on, and they are going to talk about the biologic agents as well, because I'm really fascinated and curious about it. I have someone coming on who is going to talk about having their colon removed, the colectomy, and I'm dying to hear about it in the J pouch and the whole thing. So that's to look forward to as well. Let's move on to how to choose a gastroenterologist. So you just heard how my gastroenterologist put the fear of God into me. I don't think he's a bad guy. I actually really like him, and I think he's a really good guy. He's young. I want to say he's around 35. I think he looks younger than he is. He looks young. like He looks like he's 28, but I don't think so. I think he's actually 35. I have ulcerative colitis for the rest of my life. So for me... I don't want to say age was a factor when choosing him, but it's nice to know that if he stays in this area, if I stay in this area, I have the same gastroenterologist for life. So I really do like that. He came highly recommended and I had a gastroenterologist before him that I only went to one office visit and the guy was a complete dumbass and just wanted to give me 10 months of mesalamine and not even do a colonoscopy. For anyone that is new to this whole UC journey or IBD journey, I just want you to know that that first office visit, the original office visit, the initial one with your gastroenterologist not much is getting accomplished. So don't look at that first visit and be like, oh my God, it's a savior. He's going to give me all the answers. She's going to give me all the answers. No, they're not. Because in Western medicine, they need either the endoscopy or the colonoscopy or both to diagnose you. Those are their tools. So what they're going to say is they're going to look at you and you know, they're going to maybe say a few things and then they're going to say, we need to do a colonoscopy or an endoscopy. So I just want people to understand that 
That's what happened to me. I felt in my first office visit that the facilities were very nice. They were very clean. The staff was very nice. I felt that everything was very organized. I did not wait for a long time. I think he was right on time. I liked him. My husband was in that visit. He liked him. I felt that he was looking me in the eyes, giving me respect, understanding my story. I'm, I'm laughing because I remember I gave him pictures of my poo on my phone and he was just like, okay. <laughs> and I asked him point blank, what do you think this is? And he said, I think it's Crohn's, but we have to look at everything and get the colonoscopy. Turns out it was ulcerative colitis, but I had researched at that point a lot on Crohn's and ulcerative colitis. So when I had the colonoscopy done, and he gave me the bad news, I wasn't shocked. I was like, okay, well, at least I'm not shocked here. And I have to say, when he gave me the bad news, he was very empathetic. He touched my shoulder. He said, we will figure this out. I felt that he was the right person for me. And I still feel that. And I really like him. Also, I want to say, with the colonoscopy, the facility was clean. It was state of the art. The way I was treated by the nurses, everyone was incredible. In fact, he walked in the surgery room and said to me, Jen, I'm sorry, I'm 10 minutes late today. I mean, I, I didn't even know what was going on. So I was just like, it's okay, no worries. But I thought that was extremely professional. And as I said, when I woke up from surgery and he talked to me, sorry, surgery, colonoscopy, he was very empathetic and respectful and told me that we're going to have a plan and the whole thing. I was really happy with him overall as a doctor. And he came highly recommended from a gynecologist friend who works in his practice. So she's had a lot of patients who are also his patients. So everything, you know, is flowing and and going well, and it's great. When he's asked me how I reduce my inflammation by 80%, I'm telling him about energy healing <laughs> and Reiki and meditation and all this stuff. He's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And he's not into it. And he'll tell me point blank, listen, I'm scientifically based. All I know is science and results. And that is one of the reasons I actually like him is because he keeps me grounded. And he keeps me my earthling self, right? <laughs> so I really do respect that. If you are someone like me who you are more prone to the naturopath, the functional medicine, the Eastern medicine, if you're that person, which I have a feeling you are because you're listening to this podcast and you go to the Western gastroenterologist and you're frustrated because you're like, they don't understand me. They don't understand that I want to do this with herbs and acupuncture and chiropractor and energy healing. Guess what? I learned my lesson on that. They're not going to understand you. So it's a waste of your time and it's a waste of your breath. And all you can do is show them great results and they can't fight against it. And I'm telling you, this is what's going to end up happening. For the next 10, 20 years, people are going to be coming into their office and not doing medications and doing herbs, and energy healings, and whatever. And they're finally going to say there's something about this, because I've had way too many patients who aren't on biologic agents heal themselves. So I know that's coming, and I know that's going to happen, but these people need evidence. And what I think the best perspective to have is don't get frustrated by them. Instead, look at them as people as experts in science who are grounding you. 
They are grounding you. And that is a good thing. And I have to say that you have to have a good gastroenterologist on your side. You have to. This is a lifelong disease. I check in probably every, I would say four months at this point because I'm only, I'm, no, I'm not even a year. July 27th, this is when I started to go into my flare hardcore. In August, the first week of August, that's when it all went to shit. No pun intended, but that's when it all really went to shit. So, wow, it's been that long. Time flies because I'm not even a year past my life-threatening flare, I make sure I check in with them every four months, my gastroenterologist and especially his assistant. This time around, I asked for a colonoscopy in late September to set that up. And then I asked for, not on a Monday, (laughs) don't do it on a Monday. Uh, Remember my story, Leah's story, don't do it on a Monday. I asked for fecal tests for around that time so I can test the calprectin level, calprotectin level, I can never say it correctly. And then I asked for the normal blood work plus I want to test for ferritin like the listener had guided me to do. So I'm excited about that. And also for H. pylori because I've had quite a bout of acid reflux, which is much, much better now, but still I kind of want to check it and see if something happened in there because I was not checked for H. pylori the last two times. So I'm going to check for that. My chiropractor told me that H. pylori can sometimes be connected with acid reflux, can cause it, which I'd never heard before. So I'm going to do that. And then, yeah, so I, I look at it as if you think of a calendar year, I'm going to get things checked probably the next year, every four months, three times a year. And then we will see if I get a colonoscopy next year. This year I'm going to. Hopefully I can not do it every year, but we shall see. Again, we shall see. So my gastroenterologist, I'm happy with him. He is a 15-minute drive from my house. When I get the colonoscopy done, he's more like a 25-minute drive from my house. Of course, by all the good restaurants. He's by all the good restaurants that I can't eat at. But anyway, (laughs) I digress. So just make sure when you choose your gastroenterologist, you just go with your gut instinct, no pun intended, but you go with your gut and you put aside the I'm the all natural hippie chick woo woo person and just make sure you utilize this person for what they are there to do. They are there to ground you on earth and make you understand this disease from a scientific perspective. And by the way, if they try to force your hand in something, you leave. You know, if this is someone who's just going to be stubborn and doesn't want to work with you because you're not taking a biologic agent, well, then you say goodbye. You find someone else. That's okay too. That's totally acceptable. I hope I helped in helping you choose a gastroenterologist. And if you have one that you're not happy with, then maybe you want to think about getting on the wait list for someone else if you can. And I've said before, if you have to drive a little longer, that's what you have to do. And I I always know money is a factor. Trust me on that. I always know money is a factor. And I just want to say this too, because this is a good tip that I sometimes forget to tell people. And I think I forgot in the colonoscopy episode is 
when you have American health insurance and I have a deductible and I have to meet the deductible, once I meet the deductible, all services are 80% paid for. I'm, I'm putting that in quotes because, hello, we're the ones that pay into the insurance but are paid for. So I saw today, I went on to the app I have for the health insurance and our deductible has been met for the year, which is great because now everything's going to be a hell of a lot cheaper. So that's why I schedule the colonoscopy later in the year. Obviously, it goes hand in hand with the flare, but let's say I just had to get a colonoscopy done. Let's say I didn't have ulcerative colitis. I would do that later in the year anyway, because all of those services surrounding the colonoscopy for the colonoscopy itself are going to be much cheaper. So think about that as well from a cost-effective basis. You guys know what I'm going to say. In this household, when you have a perfect poo, that amazing shit that you just want to brag about to all your friends, your family, your coworkers, it's called a green heart day. So I hope today is a green heart day.